This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Last month, Los Angeles City Council approved a hike in the citywide minimum wage to $15 an hour by the year 2020. The current $9 an hour rate is it will be increasing to $10 an hour this coming January. But this is another case of a city recognizing where the future is for this measure of the economy. To discuss some of the reasons for the move, we are joined by Ivan Barenke, who is an associate professor of management here at the Wharton School, and also joining us on the phone, Jerry Newman who's a distinguished professor in the Organization and Human Resources Department at the State University of New York at Buffalo. Yvonne, great to see you again. Thanks for coming in. It's fantastic to be here today. Thank Thank you. you. Jerry, great to have you on the phone. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'll start with you, Jerry. How much were you surprised by the move by the L.A. City Council? Uh, $15 was a big number, but I'm not surprised somebody was going to do it. Uh, I wish it were states rather than cities, but uh, it was coming. Uh, it did. What exactly did it surprise you that the reason why they made such a big jump? I mean, obviously they had the in- incremental one set to go uh, for this January, going to ten dollars. Uh, but as you said, fifteen dollars an hour. We're seeing more and more cities see that as the bottom line right now. Uh, and I don't know where the number comes from, other than uh, the public outcry from a number of individuals in the fast food industry who are pushing for fifteen dollar wages, but. Where they get that number from, I'm not sure. Uh, these moves uh, are, are, are really trying to uh, bump this up, doing it in a five-year period. Uh, what are the businesses really seeing as, as the negative effects in this? Well, the, the negative besides effects. The, besides the bottom line. <laughs> besides the bottom line. Okay, well, uh, forgetting the bob, bottom line is going to cause all kinds of social unrest with within particular companies because if you get – minimum wage increases for the lower-end workers, there's a hierarchy of wages in organizations and in our entire economy. And uh, when you raise the wage to $15 an hour over a period of time, individuals whose wages historically have been $5, $6 an hour more than the, l- the lowest-paid workers are now going to be agitating for increases, too. So there will be social unrest until they solve that problem. Yvonne? Oh, this is, uh, you know, I'm an academic researcher and economist by training, and when we see these minimum wage movements, you know, all the academics, uh, economists, academics are salivating in the country to analyze what this huge uh, increase will do. Because um, we have been seeing these kinds of increases in, in many countries and we, they have been thoroughly researched. But often these changes were quite small in the, you know, one or two dollar range. But going up to 15 is this interesting uh, development. You know, if I may, I would just like to take a little step back to, to remind everybody, look, what is the demographic situation of the minimum wage employees in the U.S.? And, and you know, there are 77 million people on hourly wages and only 4%, uh, that's around 3 million people, are working at or below the minimum wage. Uh, what is also interesting is that these are disproportionately women. 63% of them are women and they are young. They are, uh, you know, there are... Uh, 67% are between 16 and 25 versus the, in the overall working population is only 25%. And what is also important in the discussion of whether these increases in wages will displace jobs into other states or abroad even, 
I think it's worthwhile just to start off by saying that 50% of them are in the food preparation business. Mm -hmm. This means like service, uh, you know, the waiter that you see. And unless you go for your mocha to another state, these jobs cannot really move um, because these are face-to-face -face interactions and most of them are uh, for tipped employees. And for tipped employees, again, it's also worth remembering that many of them are exempt from the federal minimum wage. They have a lower minimum wage uh, here in Pennsylvania. It's instead of $7.25, it's only $2.83. $2.83, that's the price of a tall coffee latte at Starbucks. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, so they are typically exempt and many other people are also exempt from these jobs. So what we what it will do to to the economy that will be a hotly discussed and researched topic because we haven't seen such a big change and what what we just heard about the internal hierarchy in in organizations that is a very interesting question as well. I guess the interesting thing, Jerry, is that we're talking about a city in Los Angeles, uh, the second biggest city in, in the country, uh, that is deciding to make this change. Uh, so certainly, it's going to have an effect on. Uh, about as many people as we have seen in this recent run of cities that uh, that are deciding to to bump their minimum wage up to fifteen dollars an hour. There's no question it's going to be a, a huge impact. Uh, uh, I'd like to comment on something that Yvonne said uh, a little bit earlier. Uh, uh, if you take a look at kind of the history in fast food restaurants, uh, and for, for years and years and years, they were populated uh, by uh, high school students or college students, a very young demographic. And uh, about five years ago, McDonald's made a conscious decision because their turnover was in excess of 150% a year. They made the conscious decision to try to move to an older demographic for their labor force. Well, when you move to an older demographic that is more stable and not going to provide that uh, that normal turnover that you get after a high school and people go for jobs and after college and people go for jobs, uh, now we're having individuals who are sticking around in these jobs and they're agitating for pay increases. They've worked for three or four years and gotten 25 cents more an hour and they're asking for more, and because they're stable, uh, it's more enticing for unions to try to get uh, uh, to generate interest. So it's it's going to bubble in a number of different directions. Do you think that that's a possibility that you'll see more of? It is uh, a lot of the unions try and work their way into the into these fast food restaurants and try and unionize these employees? It's certainly more enticing now because. Uh, in the past, you never had a stable workforce to try to uh, the, the generate interest, and now they do have a stable workforce. Now, <laughs> uh, what your dues are going to be is another question. I think they're going to have to make up their money in volume. Yeah, and that's interesting as well because uh, for unions just in general, seemingly they've had a little bit of a downswing the last decade or so. Uh, so obviously, as you said, Jerry, they, they can't charge a ton of dues. But they, they need to get, if they can get all these people in there, that would certainly give them a huge advantage, I would think, down the road. Well, the, as you said, the, they've been in decline. I, I think their peak was in the 1930s, so it's been a long decline. Yeah. Uh, and uh, for the last 20 years, they've been making their metal off of the public sector, and that's uh, that's kind of drying up now too. So this is a direction for them to go. And we're in the private sector. We're down to like seven or eight percent of the workforce is unionized. In Buffalo, it's yeah. much higher, of course, but yeah. seven or eight percent. Uh, when you get all of the fast food workers in the country, that would be a huge increase in numbers. Yvonne? Yeah, I think this is a very interesting um, question, and uh, we will see what it will do tra to trade unions. I. 
Um, I'm I'm not sure whether the whether it will do a lot for the trade unions. Uh, when we look abroad in Germany, um, it is a country that did not have a minimum wage, and they introduced one uh, starting this year at eleven sixty one dollars per hour. And their leading argument was that you know the unions are so weak now. The the government has to take over with a regulation like this the role that unions had. But you know it could be a pathway for them to be stronger, especially as you rightly pointed out that. Instead of just having like uh, young people, there might be more uh, people who stay in these jobs for longer periods of time. And um, one of the arguments of, you know, it is good to have these wages so low because it gives people an incentive to move up and, and, and get better jobs elsewhere. I think that is that is an interesting thought. But uh, the reality often for these people is that they find it very hard to get out because if you are paid so little, and if, as I said, many of them are, are women and some of them are uh, single mothers, um, it's it's hard to move out if you are really struggling to pay your bills and you know you can't really make extra time to learn uh, another degree or get a better job. So for them, kind of they are kind of trapped in the, in the, in this in this job because they find it very hard to get out because these wages are so low. We're joined in the studio by Ivan Barenke, Associate Professor of Management here at the Wharton School, also by uh, Jerry Newman on the phone from the State University of New York at Buffalo, a professor in the Organization and Human Resources Department. You're listening to the Knowledge at Wharton here on Sirius XM 111, business radio powered by the Wharton School. We're talking about the minimum wage increase in Los Angeles. Uh, Jerry, you mentioned uh, an interesting thing that I wanted to speak about anyway is the 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 move maybe to put more pressure on states to make these minimum wage increases rather than the cities themselves. Is that something that is realistic to, to think could happen sometime in the future? Or are the states almost right to the next level of, of the federal government so close that the pressure from, uh, from different groups at the state level really does not allow that to happen? Well, think about it for a second, Dan. Uh, small businesses are already starting to agitate about what this is going to do to competition if only isolated cities move to higher minimum wages. If you have a company in Los Angeles and you're forced to raise your wages to $15 an hour and somebody else is still paying seven twenty-five, dollars uh, even outside of that area within California, that's a huge advantage. So. You're going to have to have some kind of stability somewhere, and the, the issues of equity right now are, are certainly foremost in the minds of at least the small business owners. Yeah, and I thought it was it was interesting to see recently that uh, companies like McDonald's, you mentioned, we talked about McDonald's, but also other big employers like Walmart, who uh, made a commitment to increase their incoming wages to, I think, 10 or $11 yeah. over the coming time. And I saw this as a preemptive movement. Um, because there's such a strong wind in the sails of the $15 movement in the country that they, these big employers try to like weaken that wind, so to see, so to speak, sure. and come up with a uh, with a commitment by themselves. So it will be interesting whether what these companies were doing was actually enough to to dampen this, or whether what uh, LA is uh, has introduced and was uh, signed into law uh, uh, this weekend is actually a first step to what New York, Chicago, uh, perhaps even here in Philadelphia or other uh, metropolitan areas will do. And we we'll open the phones to you if you'd like to give us a call again 844-WHARTON 844-942-7866 is $15 an hour the right number for the minimum wage. Get your comments again 844-942-7866. I guess Jerry that as Yvonne mentioned, you've got some some big cities out there, Philadelphia being one of them. 
I don't know if if a fifteen dollar an hour minimum wage, it, it would certainly be a fight to get it to get, get it passed here in Philadelphia. Just kind of knowing the landscape of, of the city, uh, so it really is an interesting problem that we're going to see in a lot of cities because Los Angeles being the way it is and being as big as it is, that's seemingly the start of a wave, I would think, uh, even more so with some of the other bigger cities in the in the U.S. Uh, there's no question there, there's going to be pressure. And uh, quite frankly, I don't know where the $15 came from. Yep. If you were to go, uh, forgive me for always talking about fast food industry, but that's the industry that sure. I worked in for 14 months, so I know more about it. And one of the things that I discovered in talking to managers is uh, they had lots of applications at the at the minimum wage now admittedly this was back uh, just before the 2008-2009 recession uh, the, the things are a little bit tighter now but they they still have uh, more applicants than they have positions at nine or ten dollars an hour the the problem is nine or ten dollars an hour is maybe a market clearing wage, but it's not a life living wage. Yeah, yeah, and I think this is very interesting to 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 notice because it kind of harkens. You know, I don't want to go back into time too much, but it is just an interesting thing to remember that the um, the the bargaining power of employees is is, is much reduced and is not uh, they are not standing on equal uh, with equal power vis a vis their employers. So when they when they're trying to negotiate a better wage, they, they find it very hard to do so, even if they look elsewhere. And uh, this is why part of the idea of, of introducing a regulation like the minimum wage. But what you just said is so interesting that so many people are applying for these low minimum wage jobs because they're desperate to earn something additional. And that, you know, again, I sorry to go back in time, but this really rem- um, is exactly what happened when there was uh, child labor legislation mm-hmm. because there was a lot of push by parents who went to the companies saying, begging them to hire their children because they were desperate for the small additional family income. And it is, it is this desperation that led to the prevalence of, of child labor. And now, you know, partly many people are really struggling so hard that they are willing to work at the minimum wage. And I would predict, as many have said as well, that this sharp increase in Los Angeles might give a push towards more Work, people working off the books um, because uh, yeah. employers say, I would love to hire you, but it doesn't make sense for me to pay another person at $15. And then the people are pressurizing the, the employer to let them work off the books instead. That's, a, that's, that's an interesting point because when I went undercover uh, to work fast food, uh, as, as you know, uh, there are very rigid rules about what you can and can't do when you're doing a research project. So I wasn't on the applications allowed to lie. So what I wrote was that I was a college professor. It had been that was my last job, and I said I was in the process of retiring. Well, you know everybody's in the process of retiring. <laughs> yeah. And I did not get any. Not a single manager said, "Oh, what's going on?" And nobody said to me, "Are you doing an undercover study?" They understood why there would be people out there mm. who have college educations who are going to work in fast food restaurants. Yeah. Well, what was the biggest uh, takeaway that you you uh, had, Jerry, from that whole experience about uh, about what the the people are going through right now, trying to survive on on, you know, on nine dollars an hour right now. Uh, Yvonne uh, hit the hit, hit the point uh, very well. I, I I became friends with a 
19-year-old single mother who was desperately trying to get back to college. Uh, I perceived her to be very smart, and she said to me, other than on the math dimension, as you'll see in just a second, she says, look, I make $6 an hour. I have to pay my babysitter $5 an hour. Hmm. Would it be possible for me to get enough money to, to pay for tuition? And I explained to her just the mathematics of the situation didn't work very well. And uh, I think she already knew that because she was crestfallen. Yeah, it is, these are these are really tough stories to, to think about. Yeah. So then here's my next question to you, Jerry. Then with the overall scope of the minimum wage, where in the United States have we dropped the ball the, the greatest? Is it at the federal level that we still have a federal minimum wage at $7.25 an hour? Well, it's been a long time at seven twenty-five. Yeah. It's not a. It's not a very. Uh, I know you can't live at seven twenty-five no. an hour. No. I. Uh, I was. I applied for a job at a Burger King, and they said we don't have a job, but there's another one. Our sister uh, franchise, nineteen miles away. And I'm sitting there trying to figure out if mathematics, I'd have to work almost an hour and a half to pay for the gas. So yeah. uh, the minimum wage is, for a, to be a living wage has got to rise. And I think the federal government, and I think uh, the top executives know this. They're just trying to figure out how to do it. We're joined uh, on the phone by uh, Jerry Newman from the State University of New York at Buffalo uh, on the phone. And then also with us, Yvonne Barenke here in the studios, uh, Assistant Pro Associate Professor of Management here at the Wharton School uh, in Philadelphia. You uh, mentioned a while ago, uh, Yvonne, the fact that the bargaining power or lack thereof is really just it's not only are the wages a big problem, but the lack of bargaining power to really take your abilities and market them at a higher price in this sector and maybe a sector similar to it just it, it really complicates the matter yes uh, this is not um, you know everybody feels that of course when they're in a job and try to make a good case for themselves and, and the yearly review but um, this is a, of a particular concern here and this, this what it means is that when a person is trying to get a better deal elsewhere and does the tour of all the uh, fast food joints in the area they, uh, it is, it is as, as if all these companies have colluded to, to not move on their wages, and they can because they get away with it, and there are enough people who are, who are willing and, and desperate to work for, for these low amounts of money. Je Go ahead. Jerry? Yes, what? Well, I was going to say, have you to comment on that as well, because it's, it, it's, a, it's a troubling problem that, that, you, that, that you have obviously seen firsthand. Well, we have absolutely, as when I was a... The only bargaining power I had was because I could work the 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 um, the front of the house, as they used to call it. I yeah. could interact with the with the customers, but even that kind of surprised me because the job was a much more complex job than some of the back of the house jobs. Yet they didn't differentiate wages. Everybody started the same. There was no differentiation based upon a difficulty of the job, which did surprise me. A couple of articles have mentioned. I guess there there is pressure being put on, and you being in Buffalo. Uh, it, it brings it up uh, really home is the fact that I guess uh, Andrew Cuomo, who is the governor of New York State, is starting to get uh, quite a bit of pressure put on him to try and bring something forward to bring the New York State minimum wage up to these types of levels. Is that what you're uh, seeing and hearing there from Buffalo? It's a pretty liberal state, so my guess would be we're going to see a, 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 a not a dramatic rise, but a rise in the, in the minimum wage. I don't think it's going anywhere near $15 an hour. I think Cuomo has uh, higher aspirations, and I think uh, that would cause trouble for a lot of people that might be 
uh, supporting his campaign. Uh, but I, I think we're going to have a, ra- a wage, a minimum wage increase. Yes. I think what will also be a determinant of um, whether other cities will take up this, um, you know, this this legislation or this regulation, is a uh, is a better understanding of the short and long run effects. I think no no doubt that there in the short run there will be companies who will will struggle, uh, jobs will be will be lost. Um, but there's also a long run uh, effect that we have to perhaps assess and figure out, and we don't really know the answer because nobody has done a, such a big minimum wage increase, certainly not in this country. So the long run effect is is really have to has a lot to do with what will happen with the additional wages, and these additional wages they are not being saved, uh, but most of them go straight back into consumption. You you told the story about uh, the mother paying the babysitter and. Additional in- additional wage would mean that she could actually work more because she could afford be able to afford uh, another or, or perhaps even a better uh, babysitter. So a lot of this money flows back into the economy immediately in, in terms of consumption. So in the long run, I, I, I one would think that other jobs will be created, but perhaps um, not in the same joint as, as so far. It is the f- feeling, and let me ask you, Jerry, if, if you read this my way, I see this because of the fact that so many of these increases that are being put in place by, by cities are being put in place over like a five-year period. Obviously, they want to do it incrementally. Uh, but is the belief that maybe the economy in the U.S. will be better by the year 2020 to the point where these increases in costs in that, that a lot of companies will have to be absorbed won't be as affected on the company's bottom line because the economy as a whole is so much better? Well, uh, think about it. Uh, a Denny's, for example, a national restaurant chain, has a operating profit that is that is minuscule. And if they were to get a large increase in the minimum wage, even for the tip minimum wage, that's going to cause them problems if it's if it's not done in uh, stages. So I think the stages are going to help them help these companies try to survive. And I think it's going to be difficult for them. I think this transition, uh, I was talking to a Denny's waitress the other day, and she said, uh, they're just going to cut my hours. They'll find yeah. another way to deal with this. And I, I think she might be right. Yeah, I think we've seen this also in other countries that had a big, either an introduction or big change in the minimum wage. That these these are usually phased in over several years with a with a whole list of uh, of exemptions. And uh, there's no doubt that this will happen as well. I I, I don't know all the exemptions that will happen in in, in LA, um, but there will certainly be uh, uh, many considerations like this. Uh, and you know, even today, in the in, for the current federal minimum wage, a lot of ins- exemptions. You know, farm employees, uh, full-time students. So my favorite exemption in Pennsylvania is uh, golf caddies, ex- <laughs> exempt from the minimum wage. Well, you know the tips for those caddies. If you're at the right golf course, you know you may be able to pocket a hundred bucks a, a, a bag yeah. on, on that deal. But I understand what you're talking about. Uh, how how fast do you think we're going to see more cities jump on board? Uh, obviously, there are probably quite a few right now that are even thinking about uh, their minimum wage and what those levels need to be. But how fast, Jerry, do you think we will see even more cities jumping on board in this venue? 
Well, the fact that it's the mayor has just signed off on it in Los Angeles, and yep. the fact that Los Angeles hasn't uh, been reduced to a pile of rubble suggests <laughs> that other cities are going to not have quite the political heat that the the front runners had. So I I think there's a, a I, I certainly think New York City is going to move a little bit quicker. I'm thinking Como though is going to want to move for the state faster than than New York City because he wants some of the political credit and hopefully none of the political fallout. Well, and I guess that we haven't really talked about the politics of this, uh, but it obviously is a little bit of a, of a hot potato in some areas uh, at the local level. But even the fact that uh, President Obama has wanted to try and get the minimum wage up to $10.10 an hour at the federal level for basically his entire run a- as president. And really, there hasn't even been yeah. that much meaningful discussion to even think about that. Yeah, there's there's no question that it's a hot potato, and uh, I think this this experiment, this economic and, and social experiment in Los Angeles, uh, people are going to be watching it very closely to find out what happens because it could be uh, an argument for a lot of cities and perhaps states to make changes. Yeah, um, it is it is it is so unpredictable what will happen in Washington. I mean, you can predict that there will be a lot of debate, but what will actually pass or not is is really a function of what other legislation is currently used as a bargaining chip. Some people might say it's dysfunction, not rather function. Yeah, but, so yeah. I, I think there will be much more movement in cities, uh, maybe a state or two. I don't know which state would fall first for this. Um, uh, but I, you know, before the federal government will pass this, we will see many more cities uh, move along this path. I think. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.